All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the Manufacturers Network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan, and welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm delighted to introduce you to our guest today, Craig James. Craig is a man who wears many hats, among them executive coach, writer, speaker, modern philosopher, information technology industry veteran, and co-founder, co-managing partner of Catalyst Strategies, also known as CatStrat Services a strategic advisory firm that helps organizations stop and think. He is host and co-executive producer of the podcast, Big Audacious Idea, and he and his partner, Sue James, are launching a new podcast called The Possibility Zone. Both Sue and Craig are active in the disciplines of rethinking, reflection, and strategic planning. They've also been active in nonprofit and community organizations, and currently they serve as co-presidents of the Northeastern Ohio chapter of Conscious Capitalism. Welcome to the show, Craig. Lisa, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, you should probably go into speaking or something. <laughs> the way you so energetically and eloquently said that you make me sound good. <laughs> well, thank you. I think I'll do that. Just a crazy idea. <laughs> well, Craig, I know that in your intro there, it sounds like you have done lots of things. So share a little bit about your background and really what led you to the journey that you found yourself on. Well, geez, thanks for the personal interest. Um, trying to think about how to make this relevant to your listeners. One of the one of the things that characterizes my background is information technology. So I grew up and uh, Sue grew up in the IT industry, and that's relevant to our chat today. But going back a little bit further, uh, I suppose there's an entrepreneurial gene or two in the blood. My my folks were a mom and pop shop boutique company back in the '50s, working virtually before that was even an idea. And so sure enough, in the last 20 years, soon I started our own firm. So we're entrepreneurs. We're, yeah, we're thinkers and philosophers, but we're business people too. So we bring a blend. I'm kind of a loner in a way, but I love to be connected with people. I grew up as an only child. So uh, some of the things that resonate with me, playing guitar, skiing, individual experiences, yet connected with other humans. That's the quick one too. Well, there you go. Well, and I know that this is the Manufacturers Network podcast, and you've spent most of your career in IT. So when people are thinking, why does she have an IT guy on? What is it that you're finding as far as how is manufacturing similar? Because that's why we're having this whole conversation. Well, I appreciate you clarifying that. And I appreciate you having me on the show, even though I'm not a manufacturing <laughs> guy. Um, however, what's constant across manufacturing or IT or other services and industries is I'm a business person. And one of the things that I'm not, when I look back at my days in IT, is I'm not a technologist either. There's a lot of things I'm not. Um, I, I did, never did programming. I wasn't a tech guy. I was a sales guy, business guy, growth guy, and leader with an IT. So those concepts apply both in manufacturing and information technology. I think what's really interesting right now is the convergence and similarities and how this is blurring. If we looked at information technology back 
I won't date myself. Long ago, when I sold big computers, it was manufacturing. I mean, literally, $5 million computer took weeks to produce on the line. And we actually called them assemblies because the computers were assembled on a big manufacturing line and 12 guys and white coats, actually, they were blue coats, came into a clean room and installed the thing over a, a matter of days. So the physicality of computing, the manure, manufacturingness, the tangibility and materiality of where IT began is where and how in the early days, IT and manufacturing, I won't say we're one in the same, but very similar. Well, the interesting thing about that is you just talked about the assemblies and these computers that basically took up an entire room or an entire building. And right now, we kind of have that capacity in the palm of our hand, if not even more powerful computers than we're back in the day. But we're seeing so many changes in technology, changing in manufacturing because of technology and what's possible. So where have you seen that convergence? So I probably don't have to be the first one to inform your listeners around the concepts of IoT or sensors or 3D printing. Chances are with Industry 4.0, uh, your listenership is well-tuned in, better than I might be in terms of what's really happening from a macro trans trend standpoint, but the implications are significant. If we think about today with a manufacturing line, a product being designed developed, manufactured, and distributed, it's indivisible anymore, anymore from those things like sensors, networks, technology, software, embedded algorithms, machine learning, AI, all that now is baked into what manufacturing is. So the lines are blurring even more. And what's the implication? You know, when we think about, okay, I'm listening to the show, series interesting, but how do I adapt? What do I do? One of the first things we need to be thinking about is how to become not just aware of technology, but enable our teams and upskill. And that's not to make judgment of what manufacturing staff might have been years ago, but the fact is it's shifting and changing. So the need for tech savvy, adaptive, more intangible workers that think and do will become essential as we look to the future. Yeah, and even in the last year amidst the pandemic, when it has really speeded up technology quite a bit, we're so far ahead from where we were just a year ago. But if you're looking at your older workers maybe that were adverse to technology before, it's become a lot easier. I mean, technology just today versus just a year ago seems to be a lot more user-friendly. So kind of encouraging your employees to get that fear out of the way and just try it for goodness sake, because it's here to stay. Well, I think you hit, Lisa, on a key thing. And sometimes when we think about what do we do, especially as we emerge out of, out of a pandemic, we think about all the tangible things we need to do, maybe retool, rethink. But our emotion around what's happened, what's happening and about to happen becomes key. So fear that you just mentioned is a key word for sure. And no matter how bullish and strong we think we are as business leaders, um, let's face it, the last year has been rather significant. <laughs> okay. You know, once in a hundred year set of circumstances. So our ability to sort of put, put our feeling as well as our thinking off to the side for a second. Yes, we have to react. We have to be quick. We have to be adaptive and responsive. This might sound contradictory yet at the same time, we need to be reflective 
stop and think, just hold the fort for a second and make sure we sort of reassess the landscape because it's changed. Yeah, it has certainly changed a lot. I was just having some flashbacks as far as what this year has meant personally and professionally. And that has really been one of the one of the gifts and probably one of the struggles, not only in manufacturing, but around, is that it's not just about the employees. It's not just about the work. It's how are you doing? Let's take a time and reflect on this. Let's take a time to for self-care, just taking care of ourselves, but making sure that the leaders are connecting with their employees on a more personal level than maybe they ever have been been before. And sometimes we look at these as soft skills or touchy-feely or airy-fairy stuff, and it is certainly the farthest from (laughs) the truth, especially now. I have to say, I haven't heard airy-fairy before. (laughs) I'm going to remember that because quite often, you know, us consultants and advisors and executive coaches uh, sometimes are accused of airy-fairiness and woo-woo. And I would say our practice tends to lean in the human side. So we have to uh, translate and make tangible some of these conceptual things that uh, oftentimes are discarded. But you're hitting on such an important point as a leader now, more than ever before, special care for our team and care for ourself. Check into them and check into our ourselves first. I had the gift of uh, interviewing a fabulous fella named uh, Lawrence Gonti. He's a chief business officer of a company called SIO2. Now get a load of this, Lisa. They, They make the things that go into the stuff that makes the vial that the vaccine goes into before it goes in your arm. So a pretty important uh, deployment tool, the vial. And I can go into how interesting it is from a technology and manufacturing standpoint. They're a great example. This is a nano nanofilm of glass that goes inside a polymer. So you have both the glass and the plastic benefits of holding vaccine. Anyway, there's a lot to that story. So here's a guy who had 100 team members a year ago and now has 550, had one facility and now has four, made 10 million vials a year, now makes 120, all in the span of months. And I said, Lawrence, I, you've got some other things to do here. How can I provide value? Because you probably have a thousand things that are waiting uh, for you by the time we're done with our chat. He said, Craig, are you kidding? The gift to me right now is to stop for a second and to reflect. I know it's important for your listeners to know what can I do with this stuff? One is to take the time, have the courage to stop and reflect because what's happening now is we're all in a hyperdrive to get back, right back to normal. Yeah, we need to take a breath. And that's counterintuitive again, because, hell, heck, sorry, I'm a strategic planner. I'm a strategic planner and thought leader. I'm proud to say so. That sounds a little arrogant. It's just, it comes from experience. To lead thought, you have to learn. And you know what I've learned? Here's the de-arrogantizing of my statement, is that, wow, some of the planning stuff just a year ago we advised, it's all undone. And so stop, reflect, yes, but react at the same time. We have to do both. We have to be adaptive, reactive. But the idea of planning is almost out the window because you can't plan and count on anything. you got to be not so surprised by surprises because they're going to happen. So it's a really interesting time right now. Absolutely. And even because I know with me and with lots of people, we just have this Zoom burnout because we are not only on camera all the time and attending meetings and now doing virtual conferences, and we're not 
moving much. So taking care of our employees from a personal standpoint, but giving the gift of getting away from technology in that point of reflection of being able to walk away and turn off all technology and be in a room by yourself away from devices and give yourself the the gift of just thinking and reflecting. Because when you take the time to listen to yourself We have so many things trying to get our attention all day long that we don't take the time to listen and reflect. So again, we can't take care of others unless we're taking care of ourselves. You know, one of the things that we use in executive coaching, that's a little tool or a tip that maybe your listeners might want to try. It's really simple. And quite often I'm a visual thinker. So especially when doing in person, even on camera, I've always got a whiteboard for conveying some thoughts. And here's here's a, a visual in your mind's eye, if you could, um, to the point you're making about technology invasion. And that's what it is. It's, uh, it's, I mean, people work hard to figure out a way to get your attention. And so it's compelling, it's seductive. And here's the thing, not only turn, maybe take a hiatus and turn the technology off, but one of the techniques we use is a picture on a whiteboard, a bunch of arrows go in one direction and a bunch of arrows going in the other. And to simply ask yourself, when you look at a day's activity, stop, reflect, how many arrows came at you and to you that you responded to? And how many arrows did you issue and fire upon your own volition around something that needed to happen that was important? I can tell you nine times out of nine, the arrows coming in outweigh and outnumber the arrows going out. And so a little, a little tweak of that can be useful. Consciousness and awareness of what's coming in and what am I initiating uh, can go a long way in, in shifting our behaviors a little bit. Yeah, and and being comfortable with connecting with employees before, because maybe, especially in manufacturing, we're used to just going on, the guys on the line, women on the line, getting the job done, focusing on whatever that end product is, but now reaching out and saying, so how are you doing? How are you dealing with this? I mean, thankfully, we're finally getting to hopefully the end, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, I am fully vaccinated now. Thank God. Woo-hoo! Good for you. But it was, I mean, it was a year in the making yeah. and still reminding that there's going to be, I don't want to call it like PTSD, but it's, we're looking back on a year and there was just, I kept referring to 2020 as the year that wasn't. I got to hug my father for the first time in a year this week. And I am not the only one. Thankfully, I have my own company, but look at your employees because there's a lot of people still suffering and still having these repercussions from everything that we've gone through. You're hitting on some so important things to remember. It's not any one thing, Lisa. It's a combination. Uh, the notion of care, the human touch, the soft skills, uh, the ante has been upped for sure. I read an article not too long ago, I think it was in Forbes, su- suggesting that the key ingredient to the innovation innovation ecosystem right now is emotional intelligence. Interesting. You'd think AI or uh, some other technology term in terms of innovation and design. No, it's the human stuff. I think the other thing too, uh, Lisa, 
Lisa on a human level, but maybe not as softer touch, sort of a practical look at our behaviors and our skills. Um, again, repeating is the notion of adaptation and agility, um, being unsurprised by the surprising. So that has to do with stopping thinking and projecting, imagining things that could be. They may not happen, but just imagine worst case, best case, most likely, and take that time, not so much to think and plan, but to hone the skills of adaptation and not being surprised by surprised. The other thing that we've found fascinating right now is what we, we call the counterintuitive effect. So what's been fascinating in the last year, not only that human touch thing and the need for it, um, but the business dynamics are shifting. We talked about IT and manufacturing and business in general a little bit earlier in our chat. Not only the fact that there's sensors embedded, let's say, in manufacturing processes, uh, but the fact that the market shift is so different. B2B used to be manufacturing. Now, B2C or what's more, D2C. We worked with a client unnamed and their client unnamed in apparel. And they used to design the stuff, make it, ship it, outsource production, and have retail partners. Now, their thinking has to be all about D2C. How do they make the stuff, design it, have a personal relationship with the consumer, and direct to consumer sell and transact with those consumers? Okay, now a manufacturer designer has to be distributor, marketer, social media expert, subject matter expert, retail distribution, website experts, and manufacturer too. That is significant. Back to counterintuitive, and then I'll zip it here. The counterintuitive thing is fascinating. One of my favorite, I almost use it to a fault. Examples is Purell, Gojo Industries. Okay, mm -hmm. so through the pandemic, you know, good news or bad news for Purell right now when people are trying to keep their hands clean? Answer is great time for business, bad time. Question for you. Question, good, bad. I think it's both. It's good because they make hand sanitizers, but it's bad because people who were making beer yesterday are also now making hand sanitizers. So. Uh, <laughs> on. so not only is there all kinds of stuff changing, landscapes changing, competitive landfills changing, yet at the same time, both are happening at the same time. Good things are bad things, bad things are good things. A friend who's a uh, in the OEM parts business for aircraft, okay, crap, business bad because planes aren't flying business good because when planes don't fly, their parts go bad. Good. Well, wait, bad because they won't buy them from us because there's an idle plane next door to get the parts from. There's all kinds of things happening when we turn industries and markets upside down back to what do we do? What can we do? We have to be unsurprised by the surprising. We need to be anticipatory and allow ourselves to think about the kind of the crazy things that won't happen because they just might. Absolutely. When I think back a, again, a, a year ago at the end of 2019, going into 2020, if I would have sat and thought about the surprises and asked myself the question, what would happen if the speaking industry completely disappeared overnight? <laughs> what would happen if the meeting and travel industry, because it, it's something that it's unfathomable. It would have been something that wouldn't have been a, a, even crossed my mind. So challenging yourself to think about the unthinkable, to not be surprised by the surprising. I think that that's a really great activity because if, if nothing else we've learned from this past year is that literally anything can happen. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. 
there's some good stuff out there to read. This is a little bit more on the, what did you call it, airy-fairy, but it's t- tangible, <laughs> called Mind Sight. It's a great book that allows you to kind of put your thinking and set it over there and, and, and look at it. And I, and I think not only our thinking, but our thinking about our thinking needs to shift and we need to be able to examine it, not judge it. That's what we do in coaching. You don't judge it, just pay attention. I read a, a cool article, I think in Inc., that was talking about the little subtleties of the language and stories we tell ourselves. One sentence equals this. How am I ever going to fix that problem? Second sentence is, how am I going to fix the problem? Sounds the same, maybe even similar. Hugely different. How am I ever going to solve this problem? Essentially is saying, I am blanked. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. What do I do? Oh, God. Whereas, how am, I going, how am I going to fix this problem is simply asking a question. I could take path A. I can take path B. I can take path C. So little subtly things like this can serve us in shifting, adapting, and being proactive as best we can. Wow. That is really powerful. And just that one little word ever takes it from almost a despondency to a possibility. Well said. So, Craig, as we're getting to the end of our time together, your firm provides strategic advisory services and business development, growth consulting, executive coaching. I mean, you pretty much do everything. So how has that been game changing for you and how do you how do you work with your clients? Well, thanks for the opportunity to speak to it in your kind words. Um, you know, in many ways, executive coaching, strategy work. A business development, sales coaching, it really is not like brand new technology. There's a lot of folks that do it, and that's great. There's plenty for many. Um, where we're a little bit different, perhaps a little unique, is, is that uh, we're, we're boardroom but high touch. We're boutique and flexible and adaptive. The big thing for us right now uh, is executive coaching. That's uh, personally brings a lot of the joy. It's a great gratification. You see the material impact. It's a privilege to be part of someone's leadership journey and growth. One of the things that's game-changing right now or shifting for sure is this uh, this moment in time in history. We went in the last year from deer in the headlights to hold down the fort to now let's regroup and do something about this and then do something about this now. Uh, back to that reflection con- conversation we had is to uh, almost all of our clients, actually all of them are going through some sort of reset right now. And it's a it's an opportune time for us to reset and I'm beating a dead horse on this and to really rethink and reflect because before we know it, and this is good news, but there's a double-edged sword to everything. We're going to be back in the rat race. We're going to be running from maybe not Zoom to Zoom, but meeting to meeting. And we might lose our way and go into old habits. Now's a chance to recalibrate. That would be my probably number one advice. If I had number two for manufacturers that are thinking, okay, how, how do I kind of bone up on some of the things that aren't traditional manufacturing. It's a pretty simple answer. There's not like one pub- publication. Force yourself to read non-manufacturing, however you characterize that stuff. I mean, it's so interesting right now that manufacturing is in many ways digital and dematerialized. And so read about machine learning and AI and other technologies. It just might give you a gem or two that you can put into play, into practice tomorrow. Wonderful. And if someone listening today would like to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? So catalyst strategies is a big, long word, phrase, hard to spell type. Remember, so cat strats, nice and easy. Our website is cat, C-A-T, like meow, 
hyphen, but no reference to felines, cat, C-A-T hyphen strat, S-T-R-A-T dot com. You want to kick me an email, do so. C James, as in Craig, C James at cat hyphen strat dot com. Anytime you call, you ring, we'll respond. Awesome. Well, Craig, it has been just delightful having you on the show. Thanks for being with me today. It's been a delight to be with you, Lisa. Thanks so much. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow the network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either go to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow this network, the stronger and deeper community we will have. I appreciate you. Thank you. 